Hamza Chemaev would easily beat Colby Covington. It's not even a question. It's not even a question. Colby Covington would dominate, I'm sorry, would get dominated, forgive me, by Hamza Chemaev. I almost slipped up, but I didn't. We got this topic and more next. Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location. This is the community MMA with your host, Chris Cross. to get into tonight four predictions might be a marathon if i can make it that long ufc san antonio this week we had an off week next week so we got to dive in deep have some fun this week because next week's the final fours in the ufc but first and foremost hamza chamayev big in the news today as we've heard right but now we've heard from him that more or less he was offered the Colby fight multiple times and said yes every time. And then Colby ran away. Does anyone want to fight Hamza? No. Think about it. None of these fighters really want to fight Hamza Chamaya. These are the baddest dudes on the planet. Fight anybody in their weight class and win 99.9% of the time. We're seeing the best of the best. And not one of the best of the best wants to fight Hamza. That's game over. That's all that needs to be said. Not one wants to fight him. So to me, he's the best fighter in the world. My favorite too. That's why he's number one on the dude list. Not pound for pound. Favorites. Colby Covington, number six. So, I mean, understand what I'm trying to tell you. He was up there two, three, and four for a while, and then everybody wanted him off the do list in the comments, in the chat room, because he's not fighting. And all this time he's been offered Hamza, he won't fight him. So what kind of precedent is UFC setting? If you're the number one contender, refuse all fights, and you get a title shot. It's work for Colby. Doesn't work for everybody, but it definitely works for Colby Covington. No doubt about it. And of course, in that division, you got Shavkat Rachmanov coming. He'll be around later. Hamza looks to move to the middleweight division, or so it would seem. And nobody in that division wants to fight him either. Make no mistake about it. He's the best fighter in the world. I mean, I said it. No question. He's the best fighter in the world. And we'll have more on this topic throughout the show. Please believe it. I'll go on another rain or two, I promise. <laughs> Hamza Tremayev, you either love him or you hate him. Polarizing. And even if you hate him, don't you still want to see him fight? Because you can't, you can't dislike a guy if you never get to see him fight. You, you want to see him fight and hope he loses. So we all want to see this guy fight. But nobody wants to fight him. That should bring a lot of people uh, to Hamza's side. So this week, 
UFC San Antonio main event, Marlon Vera, Corey Sanhagen. Like, what, three versus five or two versus five? I think three versus five. Big fight. I mean, that's going to be a huge fight. Marlon Vera, number 17 uh, on the dude list in the Bantamweight division. Yep, there it is, number three. Sanhagen, five. Of course, in between, you got Piotr Jan. Sean O'Malley fell to two. Davalashvili went to one. Wow. And Aljamain Sterling's going to fight Cejudo. How does Cejudo get that fight? But that's what's going on. Marlon Vera, one of the best in the division. Corey Sanhagen's been up there. He's lost. Marlon Vera, still climbing. So a lot of questions will be answered this Saturday. Here's the prediction. In the Bantamweight division at UFC Fight Night, a.k.a. UFC San Antonio, you got Marlon Chito Vera coming in at 20-7, and seven, taking on another uh, top contender, Corey Sanhagen. Who comes in at 15 and 4. So let's jump right into it. This is your main event. Sanhagen we know is tall. 3 inches taller at 5'11". But it's uh, Marlon Vera with a 1 inch reach advantage. 71 to 70. Both guys switch dance fighters. Keep an eye on that throughout this fight. Now Sanhagen is much more active. 6.2 significant strikes per minute. To 4.3 for uh, Marlon Vera. Takedown game between the two is pretty much even. At about a little bit less than one takedown over the course of three rounds. So you have a potential five-round fight here, right? So you got to figure both guys will land a takedown at some point in this fight, but it shouldn't be a, a huge deal in this fight or take over this fight unless Marlon Vera decides to go for more takedowns. We'll find out. Now, Chito Vera has a 70% takedown defense, roughly. And he's been on a roll lately. This is why he's in this position, beating Dominic Cruz by KO, Rob Font, decision, Frankie Edgar, KO, and Davy Grant, decision. That's a heck of a, a four-fight win streak. His last loss was to Jose Aldo back in 2020. Now, on the other hand, Corey Sanhagen, 63% takedown defense. So neither guy has great takedown defense, but probably good enough in this situation. Sanhagen's coming off the win over Song Yudong, but he lost to Piotr Jan. And TJ Dillashaw, uh, both by decision. He did beat Frankie Edgar prior to that. And Marlon Moraes, both by KO. So since then, he struggled a little bit. But look at the competition that he's had. Right, Two top contenders in Piotr Jan and TJ Dillashaw. So normally in these situations, you're looking, or I'm looking at the stats. And the stats tell me in this one that Corey Sanhagen is going to win. But the stats don't always show the heart. And to me, Marlon Vera, uh, again, he's on a big win streak. Four fights, looking for five. He's, he's certainly working his way to the top. He does have that win over uh, Sean O'Malley back in August of 2020. First round KO. So, you know, I just think he's going to keep on winning. He's going to follow O'Malley uh, up the top of the ladder. This division is getting stronger and stronger. This is certainly a big fight in that direction. Now, Marlon Bear is the underdog, but that shouldn't matter in any way, shape, or form. I believe we'll get this one right, and I do believe Marlon Vera will find a way to win this fight despite the stats, just simply on heart. I look for him to get the finish in this fight, although it's hard to finish Corey Sanhagen. Aljamain Sterling did it very quick, but everyone else has a hard time finishing him uh, even Max Holloway. So keep that in mind. Or actually, he didn't fight Max Holloway, so I'm wrong on that. I'm confusing him with another fighter. 
But nonetheless, Corey Sanhagen is a tough out, but Marlon Vera, in my opinion, will win this fight uh, to move to 21-7, and likely by a decision. Want to see the finish, but we'll see. Bantamweight division, headliner, main event at UFC Fight Night. Yeah, so we got Marlon Vera winning, and not only will he win, he'll win decisively, and he's going to then jump Sean O'Malley because he's got the win over him. And Sean O'Malley will be down to three real quick. So bypass for the title shot. He's going to fall to three. Marlon Vera goes up to two. This is just my opinion, what I think is going to happen. And then O'Malley's going to have to fight like a Devalish Vili or rematch Vera, which a lot of people want to see. Now, if Sterling wins and he says, hey, I'm going up to featherweight because of Devalish Vili, my teammate is number one, then you might get a, uh, then who knows? Devalish Vili... Who do you pick, Vera or O'Malley? They're going to make the case for Vera. So this is a big fight for Marlon Vera. Could be a title shot fight if he wins it. I'm just preparing it. And I'm, I like him. I'm an O'Malley fan, though. So we'll see. Now, Holly Holm, up next, co-main event against Yana Santos. Signed just today, I think, or yesterday. Six-fight uh, contract extension. Holly Holm should have won the last fight. and should be fighting for the title. She got robbed. Go back and watch that video. I should have set that clip up, but I didn't. But now she's fighting Yana Santos, and she's got a new deal. She's going to be excited, but does that mean she's going to win? Here we go. In the women's bantamweight division at UFC Fight Night, a.k.a. UFC San Antonio, you got longtime veteran Holly Holm coming in at 14-6, and six, taking on Yana Santos, formerly Yana Kunitskaya, who also comes in. At 14 and 6. Now, Holly Holm is two inches taller, 5'8. She's got a one inch reach advantage, 69 68. She's a left hander where Santos fights right handed. Now, here's where things get interesting Santos, more active, 4.3 significant strikes per minute to 3.2 for Holly Holm. Also, the takedown game, uh, Santos is a slight favorite there. He gets one takedown every other round. Holly Holm was lucky to get one throughout the fight, but Holly Holm has great takedown defense. And what makes this even tougher in terms of a prediction is Holly Holm lost to Ketlin Vera, Santos beat her. Holly Holm beat Irene Aldana, Santos lost to Irene Aldana. So you have a very interesting uh, situation here when you look at previous matchups and who they've beaten. It makes it even tougher to make a decision um, when you continue Looking at Holly Holm, she beat Rockwell Pennington, lost to Amanda Nunez. You go deeper into Kunis Kaya's uh, record, she beat uh, Stoliarenko by decision, lost to Aspen Ladd uh, by third-round KO, beat Marion Renault and Lena Landsberg. So two very good fighters, and normally I look at the numbers and use those a lot if there's no other deciding factor. But the fact is Holly Holm is a longtime veteran. She should have won her last fight. She led in the numbers, kind of got robbed by the judges. I think she comes back here and puts on an impressive performance. You know, she's not done yet. I don't think she's ever going to win the title per se, but I think she will get another title shot in the future. Look for her to win this in dominating fashion to move to 15 and 6 here in the women's bantamweight division, UFC fight night. Yeah, and I stand by that. I mean, I think she's going to keep winning to get to a title shot, but I don't think she's going to beat Nunez. Now, if Nunez loses the title, might get a rematch again. Holly Holmes around two, three years from now. She's getting older every day. I mean, we all are. So if she's still around and she's still strong, she'll get a title shot. 
I mean, because her name's Holly Holm, one of the biggest names in the sport. Now, next up, Nate Landwehr. Big fight this week. Not the fight of the night, but fight three. It's up there. Check this out. In the featherweight division at UFC fight night, you got Nate Landwehr taking on Austin Lingo. Now, Landwehr 16-4, Lingo 9-1. Lingo's one inch taller at 5'10", but Nate Landwehr has a two-inch reach advantage. Both guys fight right-handed. Now, Landwehr, much more active, 6.4 significant strikes per minute to just four exactly uh, for Lingo. So, you got Landwehr with it. An advantage there. He also has an advantage in takedowns. He gets like one every other round. Just shy of that, but one every other round. Where Lingo is lucky to get one in the course of three rounds or in the course of a fight. As you dig deeper, Nate Landwehr, 3-2 and two in the UFC. 86% takedown defense. Not bad. He lost to Julian Juicy J. Erosa by KO. He was also KO'd by Herbert Burns. So that's the worrisome part is that he is capable of being finished. Now, Lingo, who goes by the nickname Lights Out, which doesn't make you feel any better about the situation, has an 80% takedown defense, so he's going to be able to keep the fight standing. He beat uh, Luis Saldana and Jacob Kilburn by decision, lost to Yusuf Salah by decision. So maybe I'll pay for this prediction, but if your name is Lights Out, you can't come in the UFC and have three straight decisions. So just because of that, I'm going with Nate Landwehr and the fact that I believe Nate Landwehr is a better fighter. He's got more experience. He's more active. Can defend the takedowns. So I look for Nate Landwehr to win this thing at worst by decision uh, on significant strikes. Real simple. To move to 17-4, and four, featherweight division, UFC, fight night. It's funny. Your name's lights out and uh, you got three decisions. Wins or losses don't matter. If your name is lights out, you need to get finishes. Can't go with you. And y'all think I'm crazy uh, with the predictions. And then you come back the next week and you're like, oh man, you did great last week. You're 11 and 3. Can't continue forever. We're going to have a bad week. It might be this week. But if your name's lights out and you got three decision fights in a row, and I think I said two, one and, two and one in the UFC or one and two, whatever, it's not good. You need to get finishes or else you got to change a nickname. Now, in the next fight, the fight of the night, we always save it for last, flyweight division, fight of the night. This is my prediction for fight of the night. Check this out. In the flyweight division at UFC, a fight night, you got a good fight here. Alex Perez taking on Manel Cape. Perez 24 and 7, Manel 18 and 6. So these are two high level fighters in the flyweight division. This should be an interesting fight. Now, Perez, one inch taller at 5 6. Manel's got about a two inch reach advantage. He fights left handed. Perez, right hand. So you got two opposite stance fighters. Activities in terms of significant strikes almost equal 4.7 per minute for Perez, 4.5 for Manel. So that's basically even. Perez, on the other hand, lands about a takedown per round, where Manel, uh, not so much. He's not looking to get takedowns. He's looking to defend them, stand, and strike. Now, Alex Perez is a really good fighter. Now, he lost the last two against high-level opponents, Davis and Figueredo, obviously, for the title, then lost another one in, uh, after that to Alexander Pantoja, a good fighter. By submission, he did win three in a row before that. Now, Manel is surging. He's beating David Dvorak. Decision. 
Zolgazumagulov, KO. Oday Osborne, KO. So three in a row. But before that, he did lose to Matthias Nikolov due to two takedowns. He led in significant strikes, but it was the takedowns, which could be a problem here. He also lost to Alexander Pantoja, but he went to a decision in that fight. Alex Perez got beat in about a minute and 30 seconds by submission. So that's the only common opponent we have. And you see that Manel is surging right now. Alex Perez is going to put up a tough fight here. But I think Manel uh, wins this fight. You know, he, he looked better against Pantoa in terms of that common opponent. And he's trending now. He seems to be getting it together. I think Manel Cop or Manel Cape wins this fight by decision uh, on significant strikes and takedown defense to move to 19 and 6, in my opinion, here in the flyweight division. UFC fight night. Wow, and at one point I think I said Perez was the future. And now I got Manel winning this fight. So, in my opinion, Perez is now sliding. That's the way it is. I mean, he's sliding quickly, especially if Manel wins his fight. He had some, like, common opponent victories, I believe. I forget, you know, that division was all over the place for a while. He had some common victories, and I started looking at it and saying, man, he could... Guys that are at the top, he could beat them. But he's not beating the guys that he needs to beat to get there. So that's the way it looks. As we jump into uh, the Q&A, Kenneth Bruner is back. He says, Hamza just put out new video in response to Colby. Hamza accepted a Colby fight four times last year, and each time Colby backed out four freaking times. That's why Hamza only fight twice last year because Colby kept trying or tying him up, then backing out. I don't blame Colby. I blame the USC for letting him get away with that nonsense. And it, it, the crazy part is it worked for him because now Dana White's saying he's up next. So he's sitting on the number one spot, won't fight anyone below him. And if it is, it's a Tyrone Woodley, it's a, you know, whoever. Jorge Masvidal. And then he sits on a number one spot and beats guys he should beat and uh, sits on it for a year and gets a title shot. So it's crazy. Bad precedent, really. Jess Club says, man, you nailed the UFC 286 picks. Called both Gaethje and Edwards. Wow. And I replied to him and said, don't forget about Vittori. Marvin Vittori last week was the toughest uh, pick of the week. And he came through 11-3, and back-to-back pay-per-view events. And it won't continue. Trust me when I tell you, there's a, there's a little luck in that. No question. I'm just being honest. Kaz Malari, you're the man, brother. Much appreciated. Isaiah Knoll, back to back. First one says, it was also confirmed, confirmed, excuse me, multiple times that Hamza and Colby was in the works and Hamza accepted and Colby did not. Yeah. So multiple people weighing in on this because that's what's, ha- that's what's happening. In his second one, he says, Chamayev was only three pounds over when they told him to stop, stop cutting. He was only that heavy because they told him to rehydrate. Yeah, so they, they saw he's going to be over. Now, he could get down to one or two pounds. They could still make the fight with Diaz. The, the UFC, I mean, listen. Everyone that's going to buy the pay-per-view for the most part is going to buy it. Nate Diaz is still fighting. Hamza is still fighting. So... It's kind of like they make a big deal that they change the lineup. The big deal should be that Hamza went in there and dropped Kevin Holland in like two and a half minutes or less. And has done that with five of the six opponents. Gilbert Burns, he was just 
it was Ramadan, all that stuff was going on. He was on a trip though, so he didn't have to really worry about it too much, but it's still a factor. So he struggled one fight. First four fights, he gave up one strike. He's like, what, 217 to one or somewhere around there. Just dominated his opponents. Li Jingliang went in right early. Couple strikes, takedown, boom, submitted under two and a half. Kevin Holland jumped on him right away. Boom, submitted him in two minutes. So he's the best fighter in the world and nobody wants to fight him. That's just the bottom line. I mean, it's that simple. Hamza is the best fighter in the world and nobody in two divisions wants to fight him. That's crazy. But it is what it is. For now, it's your boy Chris Cross. As always, have a great day. And God bless. Peace.